whole gang's back together again. Welcome to Hand of Thought. to record a little bit earlier than usual, and as a result I'm joined not only by English Dan, Good evening. but also by Andres, Hello, welcome. and Santi. Hi guys. I always thought I was enough for you, Sam. Oh, you are, Dan, more than ah. enough. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's nice to have some, some company as well. Um, it's been two weeks since Dan and I recorded episode 433, and unfortunately we just there's so little to talk about that's happened since then. Uh, and indeed, Santi being here means that we can talk about the Independiente elections in <laughs> yeah. slightly better informed terms than he we He seems than really enthusiastic about that process. <laughs> um, which we will get on to a little bit later, probably. But first of all, we'll go through the results that have happened since we last recorded. Um, now, when we last recorded, Boca Juniors were about to play away to Gimnasia. And, as you will know, if you listened to the very end of the episode and heard my score uh, report after the full-time music... Uh, that didn't happen. It got called off nine minutes in due to Gimnasia selling too many tickets and the police overreacting massively to the quite peaceful looking queue of people outside. Yes. Uh, somebody died as a result of that. Um, and I think there is a, an investigation on still uh, there because apart from the over that selling more tickets than the people that were allowed to go, uh, they closed the doors uh, when the match had already started, which of course that prevented from people to, to get out of the stadium. Yeah, um, so we will talk about that in a little bit, but the, that match was actually played this afternoon uh, eventually. So since we last recorded, that game first didn't take place, and then we had Aldo Sibi. Uh, now most of that, was that the midweek round? No, no, hang on, I'm trying to work out which round we're talking about here. There we are, right, yeah, so we've had, oh god, three rounds, because we had weekend, midweek, weekend again. Yeah, yeah. That's, yes, that's that's why we didn't I mean, we, last week because of that midweek round. We've been having so, football almost every single day of the week for I, the last like four four weeks. I will not give you all of the results, in fact, because I haven't realised it was three whole rounds that we had to to pick up on. But what I will do is go quickly down and give you the main results for the title race. Relegation um, as well, since that's already decided. I can't remember who was in really. All oh, right, so Patronato lost to River. That's one, right? Yep. So somewhere low down there, one nil at home. Um, Argentinos and Huracan drew 1-1, which at the time was relevant to the title race, somewhat improbably. Uh, Racing beat Atletico Tucumán 2-0. And Atletico Tucumán in round 24, where are they? What did they do? They... They lost to Racing, you just said. Oh, I just said, didn't I? Right, yeah. Looking for just one team in each. Yeah, confuses one. Um, who were the other relegation team then? Aldo Sivi, who are already down, I think. Of course, yes. Aldo Sivi lost 2-1 to Boca, yeah. which, it, of course, was... Just above them, Arsenal and Platense, I think. 
In round 25, uh, Aldo Sidi lost 1-0 to Banfield to get things started. And we're still relegated. Indeed. Boca got a 1-0 win away to Sarmiento. Uh, River was still just about alive in the title race at the time. They beat Platense 2-1 in the Monumental. Uh, what else, what else, what else, what else? Atletico Tucumán drew 1-1 at home to Rosario Central at... Oh, no, I was going to say almost at the same time, but it was actually the day before. Racing beat Colón 2-0 in Santa Fe. And Huracán beat Estudiantes 3-1 in a match that I can vaguely remember and was um, quite impressive from Huracán from what I saw of it. And then in round 26, which has just finished, things or rather finished over the weekend, things have been whittled down a fair bit. Aldo Sivi, very much relegated now. They lost 3-1 to Tacheres, even more relegated than they were before. <laughs> New Ellens made things interesting and meant that we can record this episode without knowing yet who are the champions of Argentina because they got a 2-0 win at home to Boca in spite of having a man sent off at 0-0 in the first half. Um, Patronato got a 1-0 win over Godoy Cruz in Mendoza. River lost to Rosario Central 2-1 to bow out of the title race. Yes. They, actually, that might have happened mathematically... If they had, they would still be alive. Yeah, until today. Yeah, Um, and of course, that wasn't the only big river news story. um, We finally have an answer to that. Is Cachero going to stay or leave? Question we get every week. Exactly. Finally. Um, Finally. (laughs) (laughs) Gimnasia. No, Gimnasia about that. The title race quite some time ago. Uh, Atletico Tucumán drew one-one with Union and did therefore bow out of the title race. They kept it going for far longer than we thought they would, but they can't win the title now. Racing beat Lanús 1-0 in Lanús, and Huracán beat Platense 2-0 in Parque Patricios, which improbably meant that up until today, Huracán was still in with a mathematical chance of winning the title, albeit unlikely looking. Um, There have been two rounds, uh, a round 11 match, which I can't remember why it was uh, called off, but it didn't get played uh, between Tacheres and Union, which was played uh, on Wednesday, yesterday, as we record this, between Tacheres and Union. I doubt that either of us, any of us watched it, but it finished no. 2-2. And a match that was played earlier this afternoon, the match that we've already mentioned, between Gimnasia and Boca, and was won 2-1 by Boca, which means that going into the final weekend... I just got slightly confused because although that Boca result is definitely there as a full-time score, SofaScore have not bothered to update their league table. Uh, so uh, the, tit- uh, the table that I'm looking at has got the positions in the way around that Dan would very much like them to be, but they are oh. not unfortunately done. Um, Boca, so I'm going to do a little bit of mental mathematics while I read this out. Boca are top of the table with 51 points and Racing are second with 50 points. I might cock that up later if I'm looking at my phone again to try to remind you of the permutations because, again, they haven't got this match that Bocco played today. No, it's done it for some reason. I've got it fairly well yes, I'm sure integrated like, in my system, so um, I can correct you <coughs> if you need it. Huracan have 47, Atletico Tucumán have 46, and River have 44, rounding out the top five, but, of course, they can't win the title. There's only one game to go, so it's a straight shootout between Racing and Boca because the schedule was put together before the match earlier today was played. Huracan are also playing at the same time as uh, those two matches, but their match is not relevant to the title. Um, Racing are at home to River and Boca are at home to 
independiente. Just a pair of matches to yeah. the teams. Yeah, so easy, you know, kind of quiet uh, kind of matches to close no, out the no championships. of either of the away teams just deliberately tanking it in the hope that Something will happen in the like, other match. Uh, I told. Uh, don't win the league. Yeah, I've told. Uh, I've told um, both Andres and uh, Dan this, but I think that won't be necessary with Independiente. They're bad enough. They, yeah, they don't need I any mean, encouragement. They, they've already tanked games to Central yeah. Cordoba and Tigre, so <laughs> yeah, they're not to suspect, to suspect anything strange <laughs> because yeah, River and Independiente are playing uh, uh, badly enough to to lose their games. Yeah, but uh, you you yeah. can't possibly compare River to Independiente right now. No, but I know what Andres means. Independiente are consistently bad, whereas River, as, as they did the other day against Rosario Central, we may as well begin talking about this now if we're getting into how teams have played. Marcelo Gachado announces he's leaving. River is still in the title race. The next, what, two days later or something, you've got Gachado's last home match in charge of, of River. Again, still in with a hope for the title. They were shit. It was taking, <laughs> it was taking... Well, they weren't shit. They, they, they were kind of... But they didn't look, you know, clinical. They didn't look like they were up for it. They didn't look like they wanted to give him a big send off. And they were still in with the hope of the title. What were they it was taking it's not that early goal, just really knocked yeah. all the wind out of their guts. But they, never I think, got I back think from that it at all. In, in their interior, they knew that perhaps Rio wouldn't uh, go to the final of the, of the, of the tournament with chances. Uh, so that it was like that because, well, yes, let's play against Rosario Central, but just to play. And, and yes, they, beforehand it was. Yeah, Super Classico was a killer blow uh, for River. Even if they were still in the mix of the title race, they would never, never no, recover so. from that. And I sh- it, it's worth clarifying as well that I'm talking at the time of the match, they were still in with a hope. The fact that Racing then beat Lanus the following day meant that River, even if they had won that match, would be coming into this last weekend without being able to win the title. But at the time, you think, well, come on, you're still I mean, what, yeah, to play. Especially, I think, especially uh, if, only, if only to give Gashando a send off. I mean, yeah. even if there's nothing to play yeah. for. Mm. You've got probably the greatest manager in your history and it's his last home game. But I feel like, I mean, there could be an argument that the players just weren't mentally in there because, I mean, there's the reports that uh, the players knew that Gachardo was leaving through his own announcement in public. I mean, like, they, they weren't told. Right. It was very strange timing, right? Yeah, I'm not the only one who's... Everything was yeah. Almost like he wanted to make the last home game all about him and not about his team who theoretically were chasing a title, which is... And not only that... It's very younger, Shadow-like. I mean, yeah. why not just wait till, you know, full-time after the Racing game? Exactly. And not, all, not only that, but... Uh, the end of the season. You know that... Uh, you know that he's, all, he's, all, he's also, you know, organised a couple of friendlies, like, across Argentina in November to close out his... Uh, right. The so, shadow of farewell to exactly. Him. Exactly. I think, <laughs> I think that for Gashardo was the sooner I tell him, I tell him, I, I say this better for me. I release all of the pressure I had. But you only had to wait ten days. Exactly. I, I, I try to figure out why he said that at that time. Because at least he, wait until you had zero chances of winning the championship. Uh, and yeah. he he may thought apart from that that he to give the 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 director the, the manager Francesco Lee Brito the board members time to. And they will have anyway. They will have. Yeah, they got until January. Exactly. I mean, they. I, I will say that. I mean, for me, I guess I, I can understand the d- desire to sort of f- for people to know that your last home game is going to be your last home game. 
Mm. But it does. I, I didn't know until you said it just then that that was when the players found out as well. Was through the same press conference. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Said it, yeah. exactly. Of, uh, that, that that does seem strange. That he wouldn't have mentioned it. I think them. it was one day and a half after they they won against Platense or the day after. Uh, it was last Thursday. No, it was the day after. Last so it was yeah, no, no, last last no, Thursday. Yeah. Last Thursday. There were almost no difference between uh, the the meeting he had with the with the with. The, President and Vice President and, yeah. and Francesco Lee with the press conference it was 12 hours different exactly it was like uh, the, only, the only people who knew uh, that Gallardo was resigning were the people who accompanied him into yes. that press conference Francesco everyone was, was almost saying for granted yeah. that not only would he renew but he would renew for three years yes. which is a long time Francesco Lee yeah. said that he, he knew so, two, two days before that he in, to, to the announcement he, he made to the, to the in the meeting, and and I think what one month ago in the in a meet in a, in a dinner of, for, uh, organized by oh, the yeah. foundation, in which he said that he learned from the mistakes that he that made me made him stronger, hmm. and that, that was read as a say, well yes I will continue. Of I mean, course he didn't say that, but yeah I think in the grand scheme of things it's probably, I mean I think we can all agree that maybe Gallardo the best moment for Gallardo to leave was last year. Yes. Right after he, he won the championship. Yeah. Maybe you could argue that there were a couple, you he know, poli political reasons why he didn't because uh, there was there were elections on that year and maybe he didn't want to leave uh, Brito alone right as he was just um, taking charge of River. He, he was given a year, he was given this much money to invest. But at the end of the day, also Brito kind of needs his own his own kind of manager to you know impose his kind of uh, way of doing things so I mean even if last year was the best time for him to leave this was the second best time for him to leave so I know, I know um, it's a problem for, for Brito because there were rumors that said that he was the one who like made Gallardo take the make the decision yeah, apparently it was uh, because Gallardo wanted to renew for just one year and yeah. Brito was offering three which kind of, you know, uh, made thing, the, uh, negotiations a little bit more the difficult. The thing is that one more year, I think that had no sense. And uh, mm. provided the way that this year was. Uh, yeah. It, yes, because uh, in fact, when he, after River won the league title, that was the title that Gallardo needed, yeah. uh, he said something similar to what he, what he said right now. Uh, I, I, I deserve the time to, to, to think and to, and to reflect and... And, and, and if I make this make a decision, it will be hard, but I, I deserve yeah. the time to think. And, and now he says similar things. The, the difference is that he, he will live. I mean, the, the, the core decision is yes. different, but uh, and also the context. You know, now he's he's um, he's at his worst years. River manager, he, he went trophyless. He lost every single important game he faced. Even after they they've spent almost uh, what twenty thirty million dollars. On transfers so but yeah it's uh i mean the timing of of everything is still odd in that sense yes uh, uh, and the way that real played against central central it's like uh, in make make that uh, feeling stronger that mm -hmm. uh, it was like well this is it let's release this like like uh, raise uh, pressure yes yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think it would make sense if something's happened behind the scenes that we've not heard about. Because the other thing is that just thinking about it from Gashardo's point of view, and I think that this 
played into why he did stay for another year as well and was probably hoping maybe to stay or you know apparently wanted to extend his contract for another year you've got the extensions to the Monumental opening next year oh, right. that's got to be something that you're like you know if, if, if you're as dyed in the wool river as he is and you've been involved with the club for as long as you have and he's basically you know played a huge part in building the club up to the point where they've been able to extend you know they get, get those down it's going to be awesome to be in charge of or playing, obviously, but or in charge of the players going out into that. In fact, there were people on. It was like a, like on a higher himself. scale, like Wenger and the Emirates. Yeah, exactly. Like I mean, I, so I, I think he was aiming at that, and you know, something's happened, in, whether it's this disagreement over the length of the extension or what. I think he's so, just tired to be honest. And also, it's yeah. knackering. You know, that's the other thing. It was right? a long old fucking season. When right? he, yeah, when the he took sixteen charge. games of the Copa Superliga or Liga Profesional, these twenty-seven games, yeah. Libertadores, Copa Argentina. Yeah. When he took charge, when he took charge of River, we had an Argentine media who would look at a manager who was in charge of like. No offense to Banfield, but like Banfield, I'm thinking like Julio says that Falcioni. Falcioni Banfield. Falcioni manages three years at Banfield get somewhere close to winning one title and the Argentine press are all unironically calling him the Argentine Ferguson because he's so <laughs> yeah. long-lived and so mm. successful. And then Gachardo comes in and does eight years at Even one Boca. of the highest pressure clubs yeah. in, the, in the country. Yeah, ridiculous. It's absolutely it was unimaginable was when he took charge. Jadiba, Jade Arrobarrena, then Guillermo, then, yeah. then, then Alfaro. Uh, Alfaro, then Russo, mm. then... A roommate of mine passed me a graphic the other day of how many coaches oh, yeah. each of the big five have had. Yeah, ESPN, the ESPN love to show that kind of stuff. Let me say. They love to show it's it every time they can. 28 coaches in the different teams yeah. and Lachardo has really. Yeah, but I think it was more. Do you want to have... I think in the end there was by far the team with the most managers. So the other oh, four of the big five in total? Yes. I'll, I'll go Jesus. first. I'll go for 50. It's a nice round. 50. <laughs> and it seems ambitiously far too high. 48. Santi? 42. Santi has got it. Wow. He's half right. He's got the number, but the team with most coaching changes is San Lorenzo. Oh, oh, right. San Lorenzo. How could I, how could I (laughs) doubt it? Yeah. It's dubious, this graphic as well, because there's a couple of like, some interim reigns have been uh, included, others haven't, like, Uber there and Coca both appeared twice for Racing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Coca wasn't. Uh, no, Coca was an interim, but Uber there was interim, yeah, interim was. For, for one of those. Yeah, one of those I think Beron must show like must show up like two or three times in the end as well. Uh, only once. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, must be kind of one of his interim phases, but not. Like, because yeah, and Pusineri and Graf, they've got there as well. Serrisuela. Uh, yeah. Serrisuela. At any rate, the fuck is that? <laughs> we can so the the, the right back was the champion with the event in two thousand and two. Too long ago. You were barely alive, so <laughs> don't act like you. I mean, he know what he, he managed the event to their best win all year. <laughs> For real, it was like a three 0 to Rosario Central. I think that, that's a low bar to clear. Exactly. <laughs> I think that in some uh, corner of his. Uh, mind or his, or his heart or his body also he, he might have thought if I can't win this tournament with the level that uh, most of the teams are, are having I have to go I and, have with to the, go. and with the money that they invested as well mm-hmm. of course yes uh, yeah. with most of the of the signings that didn't work at least 
the at the point he wanted or, or in, in fact there, there were there were uh, I think uh, people uh, saying that and, and I kind of agree with that that his message wasn't so 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 com uh, I mean convincing yes yeah. as, as he had in, in previous times uh, and that of course has to do with his uh, mind being perhaps somewhere somewhere else not yeah and also maybe like the core group of players that he um, blooded in I believe are most of them leaving now yeah I think it is only so, fair to mention that over the course of the year he did lose the two best players in the entire league yeah by yes. um, quite a long way but even when they were there also River they were yeah but still I mean if you go but back he's already lost you know I mean, some at least part of that legends well, in the dressing room like you know over the years like Piti Martinez and Poncio and uh, Nacho Fernandez mm. those are like Big, big, big names to yeah. lose as well. I mean, he's lost one in each, in every position. At least one in every, like a big. Yeah, but every time in the league, and in the last few years, his attempts to replace those players have, haven't proven to be very successful either no. on or off the pitch. So no, but it's all, it's difficult, isn't it? And, and the other thing is that the way that the Julian Alvarez deal was structured, in particular, River, it was almost as if they lost him at the start of the year because yes. his head was. Really not. Like he turned up in some matches and just yeah, that's yeah. Like that's how the patronato meme was born. Under five team or something. There is another player that perhaps now is like silent. Not uh, uh, people perhaps doesn't uh, uh, don't miss him that much. But it's Borrell who yeah. was the head of the pressure. Just to score important goals. Like. Fifty-five goals is the yeah. maximum goal scorer. Uh, yeah, I mean Alvarez was right around the corner by the time he left, but still, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be it's just, a big loss. I'm going to be a little bit smug about Rafa Borrell though, because uh, when Colombia won third place at the Copa America last year, which was the match I was commentating on, uh, the cameras picked him out on the pitch afterwards during the celebrations, and I said that whoever I, I think at the time he'd announced he was leaving River, but it wasn't clear where he was going. To. Oh yeah, he like, was the next he was day. He was going to Eintracht Frankfurt or something, um, and I said whoever ends up signing him, he's got. Like if it's a, like a second tier European club, they've got a hell of a player, and he was key to them winning the Europa League. <laughs> when that Probably happened, I was like, yeah. that's, uh, that's, that was me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, and was that those players in which Gallardo, uh, uh, that everyone asked Borre, who is Borre and, and well, uh, of course, at the first in the first time were were hard. He didn't adapt so easily to, to the team and to the club and to the city and, and Argentina. And, and he waited for him, and well, the results were big, were uh, enormous. Hmm. Uh, but sometimes he couldn't do that. Uh, I mean, this the last the last signings were all of them, or almost all of them were uh, that kind of signings that he couldn't wait for. For I mean, Pochettino, Gonzalez Pires, uh, Barco, who uh, he insisted for him, and, and now it looks like well, if he leaves, we don't lose that much. I mean, you would lose a lot of money, though. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they've all been, like, all of them individually have sort of stepped up and been quite good in some matches, but not, not good yes. enough. Not consistently. consistently. I think the key the key for it is that uh, when you look back at some of Gajardo's best ever players, signings at least, you know, not only Borre, but the likes of uh, Nacho Fernandez and Piti Martinez, and I mean, those kind of, those kind of players were very very crit heavily criticized by the fans in their early games but that was because 
they could still they were still you know uh, substitutes when they when they arrived they weren't you know starters right from the moment they arrived at the club mm. which did not happen with the most recent batch of signings who had to be you know thrown straight into, into the team yeah. and into the pressure and into the everything that comes with starting for River every game which is why they weren't able to you know take their time to adapt to Ajardo's playing style that was certainly one of the factors until last year we had Montiel for example in right back and now we have Barcelona Herrera yeah I, before I, him I, Alex Vivo yes. <laughs> Jesus no, not, of course comparisons are, are sometimes it's hard to make that, that, that comparisons but it's really real difference yeah yeah and they had and as I said before since they those players were sold almost immediately they had to come in and replace them right away and they were not only uh, they not only succumbed to the pressure but they were clearly also far behind the quality of the players they replaced and those players from the moment they came now in. now we, we have to pray for Casco not to get the goal because we have Elias Gomez behind him yeah uh, so yes it's Moving on, whoever, I, I mean, I, I'm just going to anticipate what I'm guessing is going to be a question. I haven't looked at our Twitter mentions yet. Yes, there is. Um, <laughs> but uh, whoever does end up appointing Marcelo Gachardo next year is going to be appointing a very good manager indeed. Uh, but at the moment, we don't know who that might the, be. All of the, Over under on, on, six, on them lasting six months after these eight years? On Gachardo lasting six months in his next job? No, on Gachardo's replacement lasting six months. <laughs> well... Mm. I mean, I don't really know anything about. I mean, Martin Demichelis is the name I've seen. Yeah, it's like the one. main candidate. Nothing, nothing at all about him as a manager. No, just that he's a rather calamitous. He's a Bayern Munich too. He's the yeah. yeah. The, he's managing yeah, Bayern Munich too. He's, uh, that's his first of a job in management. Mm. So imagine going straight from the reserves of Bayern to River. I mean, there's nothing wrong with appointing a former Bayern two coach. I'll just say that. Yeah, um, I mean, so, you, know, you have a point. Basically, could, he could, could be a worse idea. He works in the in the minor divisions uh, or youth players to build them up to get to the first division mm. or the first team. Uh, of course, not experienced as a as a first division manager, but Marcelo Gallardo had some, but not a lot. When yeah, he came I mean, to he, he was he was he was a title winner also. when yeah. he arrived. He yeah. was a title winner after all. With a big club like Nacional, even if but, it wasn't but exactly. When, but when Nacional appointed him, he didn't have any coaching experience oh, yeah. at all. He retired from playing and went straight into exactly. Nacional. So, you know, there, there are loads of routes into management. Who knows? But yeah, I mean. Yeah, but watch I, out. I, I think that Brito um, is. Unless it's really calamitous, unless it's like Liz Truss football manager, <laughs> I think that uh, Brito will want to give the new man some time. On the basis that he'll be hoping, you know, if I put my faith in this, I hope this supporters guy, he, he can be my Gashado. Yeah, exactly. Just as as Gashado was Donofrio's Gashado. Now that we're talking about you know possible replacements, but I, I don't think we, if we should, uh, shall we want to tell the question when it comes? Yeah. Okay. Less. The dream, yeah. okay. I, 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 the the biggest dream of Jorge Brito, or I think it was Patanians, biggest dream was Marcelo Bielsa. They no, called no, him. No way. They called him. No way. And he said, he said no because I can't be the manager in a country where I have, there is a team with my name. 
Yeah, but he was the manager of Belis and won the league with Belis. No, back then the team was named Marcelo Bielsa. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's Newell's or well. That's that's a higher standard for himself than Maradona set. Taking charge of Gimnasia when Argentino Stadium was already named after him. But anyway, moving on. Shall we talk about some actual football? Because the two teams who are still exactly. actually fighting for the title. Exactly. Perhaps. Boca Juniors are top of the league right now with 51 points as I'm continuing to pat myself on the back for remembering. Uh, since they last, since we last recorded, since they last recorded, hmm, I'm not sure they'd be particularly good podcasters, they have beaten Sarmiento 1-0 away, lost to Newell's 2-0 in Rosario, and uh, Santi uh, runs away to take a phone call, uh, beaten Gimnasia 2-1 in La Plata hours ago. Uh, I'm going to admit that I didn't see this last match because I was in a, a pool lesson. I started pool classes. But that's irrelevant yes. um, to Boca's title race, so I can't talk about it, unfortunately. Yeah, I'd like to tell you all. Uh, Santi was just telling us before we started recording that of Boca's 16 wins this season, don't worry, Santi, I've, I've given you the credit for this already. Um, of Boca's <laughs> 16 league wins this season, apparently 14 of them have been by a single goal. And I think it was you, Dan, who pointed out that we could possibly, if both matches were to end all square, um, we could have a champion, i.e. Boca, mm-hmm. with a goal difference of plus six <laughs> from 27 matches. Or even fewer, if, if both Boca lose. and both matches, lose, yeah. Uh, yes, of course, yeah, yeah, that could also happen. If they um, lose 6-0. If they lose 6-0, yeah. loses yeah, it. That's yeah. the thing with Boca. I mean, the wins... <laughs> Well, they've won a lot. They've been very narrow. Under the fits have been very, very tough and very big, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah. They, they got very 20 heavy. by Banfield 4-0 quite early. Was that this year or was that last year? It was this year. 3-0 against Banfield and 3-0 against uh, Patronato as well. And, uh, yeah, they had that crazy 5-3 win over Tigre. Mm. was one of the only two games. And then immediately afterwards, they beat Barracas Central 3-1. And those were the, those and then, were the two matches where they won by more than a goal. Mm. Uh, did he have this? Oh, that was 3-1 as well, wasn't it? So your stat was a little bit off in that case. That must be 13 no, but I, I, oh, man. So maybe, I was counting, maybe I was counting one of the Copa Argentina yeah. against Wavis State. Um, yeah. But at any rate, it's, 13 it's, out of 16, of, that's still a, it's lot a lot of 1-0s and a lot of 2-1s. And it's a lot of... it's. As, I mean, as we've said a couple of times during the season at least, and as we've said many times in the 12 mm. years we've been doing this podcast... They're not always the most fun club to watch, but as indicated by the fact that we've said this many times over 12 years, not just this year, it's the Boca way. And there is, I, I think, in my opinion, you know, I, I, I like my own teams who, who I watch to play attractively and to win by several goals and all the rest of it, but there is, variety is the spice of life, right? And if you're watching as a neutral especially, it's, it's nice to have some teams that grind out the results. And it's, there is something admirable in just doing enough and getting it done oh absolutely um as you say it's not always very pretty to watch but if you know we'd all love to be in that situation as a fan um just watching your team just get the get the job done and and we have to say you know to Boca's credit having changed coach and almost changed the nature of the entire team mm. overnight in the middle of the season um we were Ibarra came in for Sebastian Batalla yeah, and, and pretty much immediately just um, handed over the reins to these young kids no one had even heard of, like these 30, 40, 50, 60 numbered, squad number people. Hmm. Um, and they've just done the business. Uh, Luca Langoni, of course, has 
been absolutely immense. Um, got his sixth goal of the season uh, this afternoon to Dal Gimnasia. He um, put Boca up 2-1 and that was... Shirt number 41. Shirt number 41, 20 years old. And that was the 10th and 11th point he has earned Boca this season for his goals. Uh, just single-handed. Nice. So the difference basically between being down with San Lorenzo and being above Racing at the top of the table. Mm. Uh, Gonzalo Morales as well. Not you know, obviously no one's gonna have the same impact as Langoni, but he's had a huge impact. Alan Varela um really coming sure, coming to his own. Number thirty three, oh, Cristian know. Medina, who had played a little bit more. Uh thirty six. At the back, Gabriel Laranda. Uh hang on. Thirty nine. Uh yeah, the list goes on. Wayant. Yeah, I can't see him. Fifty seven. Don't think he played today. He didn't play today, but he's been there a fair bit. Number 57. Yes. Yeah. Rivero, there was another. Rivero. Um, Rivero, Simone, Simone, Rivero 46. I feel, I feel like Wigan is, is kind of cheating a bit because we'd heard of it before this year. Yes. Yeah, but he's still he's, he's, he's a squad ridiculous number. squad number. Yes. Uh, and they're really the guys who have pulled Boca out of that, the funk they seem to be in just before I went on holiday, actually, to Europe, and it looked like. No one knew who could win the league, but it looked pretty certain it wouldn't be Boca or Racing, to be fair. Um, Oscar Romero, I think, is really coming to his own in this final stretch. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of as one of the senior figures. Benedetto's actually ma- managed to score some goals. Frank Fabra is on one of those months where he actually looks like a really good footballer and he's, not he's a complete today. lunatic. In fact, he opened the scoring today. Opened the scoring and then scoring came off time. injured. Yeah. Uh, so, I hope... There's nothing wrong with Incredibly, Benedetto started playing better after he punched Zambrano. Uh, <laughs> that is remarkable. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, yes and no. I think it's goals. very much the bo- you know, it's very very bock at uh, yes, just yes. fuck each other up in the in the dressing room, and then come out and put ten uh, straight wins together. That's like that that's that's very bock Chaotic evil. <laughs> yeah. If you the, the yeah, the, the more scandals and chaos and, and things that mm-hmm. they, uh, were covered by media, yeah. the, 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 the more goals they score or the, the more uh, <laughs> matches they thrive they off the mayhem. It's like yeah. mayhem all around them and they're on the field, just this totally controlled, chaos. focused, intense football, which is just directed towards getting the one goal more than your opposition. <laughs> in, the words of, uh, in the words of Riquelme, they must be less bad than the rest. I mean, that's essentially what they've been. Um, yes, yeah, I mean, Riquelme tends to define things better than most people, even if some of his decisions could be questionable. And, and yeah, he's, he's hit the nail on the head there. Boca have been less bad than everyone else in the league. Um, so congratulations, Boca, champion again of Argentine football. Oh, look, uh, we have a Sokopendian on. podcast. Dan, Dan may or may not... May, may seem strange that after, after he... After he criticized them, because of course there were matches that, in which Boca played awfully, they, I think, uh, I heard that they, he offered, especially for the Clásico against River, money, or press money, if they won. Uh, so, after saying a lot of things, uh, but they, they, he think, they, they understood that if, if he treated them well, it would be better than if, if, they, if, if he talked bad about them. Um, now, I, I do just want to mention it because when it happened, I kind of thought it's a bit of a shame for Newell's that we're not recording this week because to have a man sent off 10 minutes before half time mm. and then 
beat Boca, who were top of the league going into the game, 2-0, in, with both goals coming in the second half when you're down to 10 men. And I'll be honest, I missed most of the first half. And if I had walked in at half-time and hadn't seen the red card mm. and wasn't aware, uh, I would not have guessed that Newell's were down to 10 men from that second half. I have to say... After all of the nice things I just said about Boca, I'm going to temper it a bit. They were crap in that They game. were atrocious. They were really, really, really atrocious. But if, yeah. if, I mean, that match just stands out even more. But I thought Newell's, down to 10 men, as I say, against the league leaders, did a really, really good job. Massive effort, yeah. Massive effort. Um, not an awful lot else to say. Yeah, but they're in 10th place and yeah. we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about them. But as, as long as they are less bad than the rivals and they are top leaders, top, uh, I mean, in the, in the table... That's enough for them, and and, and I think supporters also say uh, the best the best is the champion, and they sit and there, there is no other discussion. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's pretty much how the yeah. league table works. But, but this champion, yeah. this champion is clearly less bad than the others. <laughs> uh, we will, of course. I mean, that that does as well make me want to spend a little bit of time on Atletico Tucumán, who are probably the you know the story of the season because let's be honest. Boca yes. probably winning another title isn't a particularly big story um, but we will save that for, for next week when we're reviewing the league campaign we should talk because they're still in with a slim hope if Boca slip up at home to Independiente mm-hmm. I'm sorry to uh, make you admit this down but we should talk about Racing who, it has to be said um, after we've just been praising slash giving a backhanded compliment to Boca for winning their matches by a single goal uh, won by a single goal against Lanús, and they were atrocious as well. Yeah. Really, really bad. The worst performance for quite a few, quite a few weeks. Definitely, but they won. But they got it through, and it was a really nice goal actually from Enzo Cabedi uh, after being played in by Matias Rojas. Definitely, I was talking to our resident Lanús fan Phil Carney um, after the game. They basically said, "Now, if you don't go on and and win the league." What the fuck was all that about? <laughs> what was the point of all that which we just saw? And I must admit, that was, you know, that was really the first match where I let myself get a tiny bit excited about the possibility of maybe having a go at the, at the title. That's gone, of course, after what happened today against uh, Gymnasia. Um, Boca Gymnasia, yeah, it's not going to happen. Um, Boca aren't going to slip up on that last day, but it's been a fun ride. I mean, we're just talking about Boca's um, brilliant running, and uh, Racing's been has been good as well, uh, with a little bit more excitement because they've had some ridiculous results on the way, which we, um, I think we talked about on the last podcast. It was a four-three, there was a three-all, um, then they got a couple of really decent wins um, over Atlético Tucumán and Colón since the last time. Um, we recorded probably the most accomplished performances of the entire entire year. Um, the Lanús game wasn't particularly uh, enthralling, but it was a third consecutive clean sheet for Racing. Mm. Kind of got their defence back in order thanks to um, a couple of switches at the back. Uh, Meliano and Sua, who had been really good at the start of the year, but just dog shit for for about ten games before he got dropped. Went out and Gonzalo Piovi came in. Uh, in the middle of the fence, that really tightened the ship. Uh, and it feels like, you know, if the season was just a few weeks longer, you know, if we were going up to 30 games instead of 28, 
maybe Racing would have um, had it in their favour to, to go on and nick it. Um, They've got the goal difference advantage at least. If which Bo- means if Boca lose a Racing draw. No, but there's going to be. Yeah, a, just play. Of course, we, yes. well, I looked this up. Talked about this. You specifically looked it up to not make a fool of yourself. So. Yeah, but but uh, in, in, uh, after we mentioned that we could very well have, have a champion with a goal difference of plus six, mm. if Racing win the league, uh, then they will have a goal difference of more than eighteen because their goal difference is currently eighteen. But mm-hmm. obviously, if they win the league, then they'll well they could do it by, by drawing and then beating Boca in the playoff but yeah, um, I'll yeah. Say and I was going to say that they had the best attack in the league but they haven't because rather improbably River who we've just been saying no they've just not been good enough all season have scored one more one goal more than Racing and conceded one goal fewer but they, they, <laughs> in the process of picking the, up six points fewer the problem is that they, they for example scored five to Estudiantes yeah what's, what's the point they, they, yeah. they didn't want to play save some of them goals to get first in today uh, no, to sum up, um, it's been a fun year to, to follow Racing. Um, I, as I, I've said a couple of times, I don't think um, they've got it in them to, to overtake Boca right at the last. Um, but it's not going to sting as much as, as that semi final back in May. That was really, really mm. hard to bounce back from because they were the better team than Boca then. They had everything to, um, to go and win that game. And they just couldn't get that goal, and of course, Boca on penalties. Um, this league, it feels, you know, Racing are fairly fortunate to be in the discussion at all after making a pretty, uh, pretty terrible start to the league. Yeah, I don't but, know all, but they were they were late bloomers, weren't they, in, in terms of the season? They just dropped some some weird points uh, in the first kind of month, two months. All in all, it's been a very good year. Uh, I've enjoyed watching Gago Ball. Um, I think there's plenty to build on. Uh, you know, he's really done the best with quite a, a limited squad, um, especially with players, you know, like Edwin Carrona, who was going to be, you know, the big bet to, to take it to another level. He got problems with Completely flamed out. He got problems with everything, to be honest, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, plenty of optimism, even if. Uh, the league's not coming to Racing. Uh, you, f- you feel like they're, they're well placed for, um, for the end of the year and for 2023. So I think I'm going to go to to the game on, on Sunday. Just try and enjoy it. And I'm sure that something stupid is going to happen. Like Racing will go one up and Boca will be tied until about the 70th minute. And I'm going to get my hopes up again. Only for them to be horrifically dashed on the floor. I mean, come to think so about that's great. it. Come to think about it, I mean, if you told me last year that Gago's racing, right after Gago uh, lost his first six matches at racing on the bounce. Because you didn't have any faith in Gago, Santi. I I told all of you from the start, Gago is going to do something good in racing. No one listened to it. It was a continuation for what he had done in the CB at at first the first yeah. times yeah. yeah but I mean I mean I think no one no one uh, could have predicted that Gago would be in a title race by I did uh, I mean no one could have predicted that Gago would still be in charge of racing a year later I would I would argue even well damn after. it I'm, I'm gonna find that <laughs> yeah and you know, you know we, I mean we knew it was gonna be entertainment right because we we unlike most people in the Buenos Aires media sphere, we actually paid attention to Aldo Sibi when they were playing. After yeah. 
Partly yeah, because that, that despite having a completely I mean, the whole point, team, the whole point of a, football. I think the whole point of Alasio's failure is the fact that he wanted to play in a certain way that his squad didn't mm. allow him to. But they haven't but exactly so. done much better playing, you know, with Martin Palermo, horrible. I mean, he was conservative they were, and then they were better with Palermo. The thing is that they but no, they got relegated. Yeah, but they they got re- he got replaced by Somoza, was yeah. even worse. Yeah. But uh, yeah, look where they are now. I'm going to impose a half-time break now because we've actually gone some way over our normal first half uh, time limit. If you can just let me sign off with one public service announcement, Sam. Oh, go on. If you're in Buenos Aires and listen to this and you think that having a stroll through the centre of Buenos Aires around 7 o'clock on Sunday night is a good idea, don't do it. Because Um, both Boca and Racing are playing. One of those teams is going to be going, well, the fans are going to be going to the Obelisco to celebrate. I mean, the other are going to be crowding over the, the 9 Julio to get back. If, if and it's going to be very, very messy. If you're a tourist in Buenos Aires, I would say basically why you want to be hanging around the Micro Centro and Nueve de Julio at 7 o'clock on a Sunday night anyway. No, so maybe you're going, at any time on any day. Maybe you're going to the theatre, maybe you're going, I don't know. Just, I mean, there could be some I'll put reasons it out why you would do it. Yeah. Out, but yeah. Uh, by and large, they're, they're not the best parts of the city. But anyway, uh, half-time break. When we come back, we're going to talk... I, I've got one more question about the title race and, and, and the run-in to ask. And then um, we are going to talk about the elections, Santi. So don't go away. Yeah. final element of the title race that I want to ask uh, one of you in particular about. I'm going to forget to do this if we don't do it later. Uh, Sorry, if we don't do it now, I should say. So I'm going to do it now. The annual table for Copa qualification Mm -hmm. with one game left to go, um, because I'm assuming that even if the title goes to a title uh, decider, a playoff between Racing and Boca, uh, that's not going to count towards this table. So at the moment, as it stands... Racing are top with 80 points, um, and Argentinos are sixth with 64, which means that anybody with more than 67 points is is already in next year's Libertadores. Uh-huh. That means that Racing are in, Boca, who have 78 points, and also as Copa de la Liga winners are already in anyway, are in, and River are in with 73 points. Uh-huh. They are in next year's Libertadores with a different manager who's uh-huh. not... Marcelo Gallardo, but still, they're there. Huracan and Gimnasia. Here's a sentence I did not think I'd be saying at the beginning of the year. Are both two points away. They're both on 65 points. Argentinos, 64. Tigre are on 63, so now we're into the Copa Sudamericana spots, obviously. Defensa Justicia and Newells, 62 each. Estudiantes, 58. And Atletico Tucumán, 57. San Lorenzo in 12th, which is the the, the top non-continental qualifying spot are on 55, which means that uh, Argentinos, Tigre, Defensa Justicia, Newells, and I think Estudiantes, I'm not sure how they break that time, but I think it's... Uh, yeah, no, in fact... It's 59 points. That's what's needed it's goal to difference. 
Yeah, it's goal difference, and Estudiantes' goal difference is minus one for the year, and San Lorenzo's is plus five. So Estudiantes aren't mathematically in the Sudamericana next year. Um, but Defensio DC and Newells are both playing in the Sudamericana next year. Tigre and Argentinos could qualify to the Libertadores, but far more probably will be um, in the Sudamericana. And Atletico Tucumán are virtu- and Estudiantes are virtually in the Sudamericana, but not mathematically certain to be so yet. Um, San Lorenzo could beat uh, Leapfrog. Oh no, so in fact Estudiantes are, because even if San Lorenzo Leapfrog both of those teams, Estudiantes will finish in 11th. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting, the annual table, because arguably it had implications for, um, for what we saw today. Um, because in the Boca Gimnasia game, Boca went ahead. Boca uh, Gimnasia levelled just after half-time. Obviously there were two short halves of about 40 minutes Yeah, because they played nine minutes yeah. of the the match first time round. Uh, but Gimnasia, you know, went for the victory. Thinking yeah, that if they'd won, then if they'd they won, they'd be absolutely in, certain to be in the Doris next year. Yeah, which is probably a mi- miscalculation. Um, if you run just the raw numbers, because if they settled for the draw, they'd be oh, a point ahead of Huracan, two points ahead of Argentinos. Yeah, but um, on top of that, Racing would have been would have finished this last round a point ahead of Boca, likely to take the title. Yes. So the placings would have dropped down one. Okay. Because Racing would have occupied one of those spots. Sure. And Gimnasia oh, would have been home mean, and dry anyway. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because then Tigre become the bottom team and Gimnasia already... Yeah. yeah. Three and they'd only need a draw in the, in the last round to get um, their spot safe. So... Yeah. Possibly a miscalculation from Godosito I mean, to fairness, go for the victory. If ever there were a league in which it's easy to miscalculate your chances. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and on that note... It's sour grapes for me as well. On that note... Why don't they just get the draw? Since Dan has already mentioned that relegation has already been decided, let's just very quickly look at the Bromedios. Aldo CB finish... Uh, oh, Miles behind. ...are going to finish in 28th place um, with 102 so far. 102 points from 102 matches. Uh, Patronato are going to finish in 27th with 107 points from 102 matches. And Arsenal are 26th and therefore home and dry with 112 points from 102 matches. They're not being relegated. Congratulations, Aldo City and Patronato, on uh, hopefully, probably enjoying more victories than defeats next year because you'll be in the division below. Unless, of course... There's always the, opposite, the chance that the AFA might decide not to do any relegations at the end of the year still, yeah. because this is Argentina, and that's how things work sometimes. And to do you want to do a quick rundown of the state of play in the Primera Nacional? No. Okay. Uh, not <laughs> like because, first of all, that is going to be something that we can focus on next week when we're reviewing the Primera, and okay. obviously we, we've already begun the uh, knockout stage of the promotion for the Primera Nacional and stuff. We have. We will go through a, a couple of the results later on very quickly, if I remember, but we won't go into any depth in it now. Uh, and secondly, because I want to ask about the one... I was going to say dark horse, but not really dark horse. The, the, the wild card in this wild final card. title race, because we've discussed how, you know, Racing River is kind of... It depends on which river turn up and how motivated they are, but obviously River have got a very good home, uh, a very good head-to-head record against Racing. Yeah, just and while, put it very, yeah, very lightly. And, and while and while River have been 
awful in some of their matches this year. They've mm. also been very good in others. It wouldn't entirely be a shock to see a River win there. It would be quite a shock to see an Independiente win in the Bombonera. But, Sandy, so I'm going to put this to you. Boca have only been winning matches by a goal, as you yourself pointed out to us earlier before we started recording. If it's another really edgy match, how much of a spanner do you think Independiente can chuck into the gears of Boca's title machine as they grind their way around the... I'm trying to extend this metaphor and I can't work out a way to do so. So <laughs> you get the idea. Well, I mean, there's, uh, there's been some uh, heavy debate, I would say, in around Argentine football fans about uh, Independiente and whether they can, you know, uh, if they would dare to not play to their absolute best uh, because if they won they would be giving Racing a big chance to win the championship while being favoured by their biggest rivals to which I answer it won't be necessary you, it you absolutely really, won't be necessary you can't see any way that they, even if they're playing for pride and I mean it's, it's funny because uh, in the after Independiente won in the previous uh, in the in the previous game against uh, who was it who was it they, they beat in the in the previous match week it was uh, there have been so many matches recently it's hard to keep up but it was Banfield one ah one Banfield one. that's right who had a man the, sent off yeah uh, obviously uh, like by the end of the game although in fairness they had the man sent off after Independiente's goal so yeah well done Independiente <laughs> one against 11 men <laughs> yeah but, but by the end of the game the the, the the fans were actually chanting El Domingo Cueste Lo Que Cueste Tenemos Que Ganar which translates to on Sunday no matter what we have to get the win this led to a lot of people into this led a lot of people into thinking that these were the independent fans telling the team that they wanted Racing to win the championship no, no matter if they they handed it to them to Which, see the maturity of the level of discourse around some of Argentine football yeah. here, they hate more Boca than Racing. Uh, I, mean, I, mean, I don't think I don't think that's what they they meant. I think uh, that I mean Maybe this is still. I, a, I think what they mean is that they just want to see a team exactly. who claim with some pride in their shirt. Yeah, exactly. And and this is after all still a classic. There's yeah. a heavy rivalry still yeah. between Boca and Independiente. They just want to win a game. <laughs> There's one scenario for me still which gives me a shred of hope no matter how faint, it's that Falcioni loves Boca. He hates Boca after what they, they did, did to him. To him. Yes. When, when they paid him handsomely to manage them for the time and he didn't do a very good job of it. Come to the Libertadores final, that's, that's, to be fair, he won the league in his only year there. Yeah. So he could have done worse. Um, Falcioni hates Boca. Falcioni has also tightened up the Independiente, Independiente defence somewhat. Um... <sighs> The yeah, only it's... plausible scenario I can see for Racing winning is that Falcioni goes out as a complete spoiler, which is a role that suits him. I mean, no, he's already a, a spoiler in the Beniente, so. Exactly. <laughs> a flat back eight, just everyone hanging off the hanging off the crossbar for the entire 90 minutes, just trying to ruin Boca's night as much as possible. Uh, and then the other game, I think, Racing River. Given how Racing play on the Gabo, given how River play on the Gachado, and given what kind of mindset River have, it is a complete crapshoot. Yeah. 
anything can happen it in this game. It could end 3-2 or it could end 4-0 to either team. Or 4-0 or 5-0. It could, yeah. Like the permutations are just incalculable at this point. Anything so can happen there. He's definitely going to finish 1-0 to either side. It'd be quite an awful match now that we've said this. I mean, or both games are going to finish 0-0. Or, or, or what would be the funniest result of all in the Berinte win and Racing draw and we have that final match week match uh, Independiente aren't going to win <laughs> we can we can just take yeah. that off the table right yeah now. I don't think that's going to happen yeah. either I mean there were I don't think they, mean, they will be will need to even uh, try and fuck up their own defence mm. because they've already done it so many times throughout the year I think it's a very 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 uh, inaccurate statement when you said that Falcioni is uh, stifled in um, tightening up Independiente's no? defence because really? I mean have you seen Independiente? They yeah, consider they consider comedy goal almost every week. <laughs> but the record so, recently is not bad. What round did Falcioni Five straight clean sheets. I think was... when they lost to Rio. That's the so, first game. That was his first game in charge. When they lost to Rio. Right, okay. So Independiente's results beforehand were lost 3-1. I won't bother reading out the opponents, but 3-1 defeat, 3-1 defeat, 1-0 defeat to Racing. 0-0 uh, draw. 2-1 defeat, 1-0 defeat, 3-0 win, 1-0 defeat to River was Falcioni's first game in charge. Yeah. So up to that point, you've got uh, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 goals conceded in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 matches. And since then, lost 1-0 to River. Drew 1-1 with Lanús, drew 1-1 with Huracán, drew 1-1 with Godoy Cruz, drew 1-1 with, with uh, Vélez. A lot of those draws came after in the beginning they went ahead, I should clarify. That's that's five goals. Yeah. Lost 3-1 mm-hmm. to Gimnasia, we're up to eight. Clean sheet, beat Aldo Civi 3-0. <laughs> beat Sarmiento 2-1. Copa Argentina, we're going to ignore that. Uh, although it was a win, and it was a clean sheet actually, mm-hmm. but anyway. Uh, another clean sheet... Beat Union 1-0. Beat Newell's 1-0. Two clean sheets in a row. Went out of the Copa Argentina after drawing 0-0 to Tacheres. Mm-hmm. That's a clean sheet. Beat Arsenal 1-0. That's a clean sheet. Admittedly, it's against Arsenal, so it doesn't really count, but still. <laughs> and um, they battered us in that game. They, they were incredibly unlucky to not score. Lost to Central Cordoba 2-1 yeah. we're up to 11 goals exactly that was pretty bad exactly lost 2-1 to Tigre who are um, I think and they, they're sick actually they, they, right. they yeah, lost, lost 2-1 to Tigre but you know I mentioned earlier that River has scored one goal more than Racing Tigre are the only other team to score as many goals as Racing so you know that's not that good drew 2-2 with Barracas yeah that was that was shambolic and they kept a clean sheet in a 1-0 win against Banfield. So that's... Uh, ten goals? Ten goals yeah. in however many matches it is they've played under Falcioni, including Copa Argentina. So if the River one was the first one, that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 7... Ten goals conceded in 17 matches against eight goals conceded in the first seven. I mean, it's better, but Five, not sorry. by much. A lot of clean sheets, eh? Yeah. No, so I, I would agree with Dan. Anyway, that, that was a very long and winded and probably quite boring to listen to way of saying <laughs> that Falcioni definitely has tightened up the defence however it feels as an Independiente fan to watch it. I have a no, little no. bit of faith in his ability to be a spoiler. I, mean, I feel like it's something he's been building up to his entire career now, just ruining Boca's party. So Independiente will play in, the, in their box and Boca will send crosses to Langoni. I think he will probably score from one of them. 
I like the implication that if Racing managed to win the league this weekend, then Julio Cesar Falcioni's career in management is going to be summed up for Dan by spoiling Boca's title plan. <laughs> I mean, it almost is. Like, handing the title to the team you're employed by is arch-rival, worst enemy, just to piss off one of your former employees. I mean, I think... That's like peak Falcioni there. Look, um, there's one way in which Falcioni can be the absolute villain of this whole story, which is by drawing nail mail. Because you would fuck up Boca's chances of winning the title. Be a horrible game to be watch a horrible, for the Be a horrible game for us for both sets of fans and yeah. neutrals. And you would even fuck up Independiente's uh, even slim kind of hope of winning a Clásico against Boca. Yeah. And you would give Racing the title. <laughs> I mean, if Independiente and Boca draw nail yeah. nail, then that would be like the ultimate... Uh, stab in the wound oh, from yeah. Falcioni. I'm starting to believe now. <laughs> I mean, if you love Falcioni, if you love, fantastic. I mean, if you love Falcioni so much, then big sign him. No, <laughs> um, so on that optimistic sounding note from Santi, looking at, on the bright side of having Julio Cesar Falcioni as manager, um, Santi, Dan and I talked two weeks ago. Uh, about the Independiente elections, obviously. And right. we, we said at the time, and it's a shame you weren't able to make it to that recording because obviously you knew far more about the candidates and far more about the winner overall uh, than we did. Um, so now that you are here, the Independiente election, Yeah. what was all that about? Well, um, first and foremost, um, Hugo Mayano is no longer the president of Independiente for the first time since 2013, which is a that's, that's huge relief. Popping a champagne bottle open for at least, right? Having said that, Fabian Doman is the current president mm. of Independiente right now, which is who's someone who doesn't really strike me as a football man exactly. Well, he he reads well enough well, 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 not a kid on the TV. <laughs> Sorry. No, so, so here's a question, because obviously as somebody who occasionally looks at the, the non-football headlines here. I knew before he took charge of Independiente yeah. who Moshano was. You can't live in Argentina and not be aware yeah. of, of who he was. But uh, Doman is not really a name I'd come across before. So, and, and you know, obviously, I'm, I'm guessing it's not going to be a name of any of our listeners, but not either. So, who is he? Okay, so Fabian Doman is a TV presenter. Okay. He's a um, some channel I don't watch clearly. Yeah, he's uh, any channel. Most yeah. of his career as he's a, a TV what presenter. What of Santis in La Nación? <laughs> no, really? La Nación Mas. Yeah. Is he no? I don't no, think he's in La Nación Mas. Yeah, you mentioned this two weeks yeah. ago. Actually, that was surprising. Does he work at La Nación Mas? I will check, but I'm seventy percent sure. I can't remember him work. I mean, I'm not in the same space where they record La Nación Mas, but still, mm. I can't so remember. Not in the same building, right? Uh, yeah, not the same building. Actually, it's in the building when I used to work at TNT, funnily enough. Uh, but anyway, his career as a TV presenter actually was... Um, he used to be the the host of, uh, you know, kind of like gossip kind of TV, you know, about celebrities and whatever they do with their oh, private okay. lives. Yeah. That's the kind of guy. He was, he was kind of like a knockoff uh, Jorge Real, in a way, mm-hmm. like a... Very, very cheap Jorge Real. He used to... <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's already... Just, just Jorge Real. Is, but a very cheap version. Yeah, but at least Jorge Real has some, you know... Has some something of a presence, you know. Charisma. As a, as, yeah, I wouldn't call it charisma exactly, but he has... <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you know his name, you know what he does. For me, is like a more boring, more pathetic 
version of um, Jorge Riel. Then he, he I, I became... Think, I, I guess for our UK listeners, we're kind of trying to suggest that it's like an annoying version of Patrick Keelting. <laughs> uh, if you can imagine such a thing. So basically, this is the guy, he was, all, he was, he was always a vocal independiente fan, but he would, he would never have a, too much experience in politics. He did uh, become briefly the host of another like, big kind of political debate show called Intratables here in Argentina. Oh, I've heard of that, yeah. Um, a show where everyone keeps yelling at each other for hours on end. Yeah, this is. I mean, I mean it, that doesn't help to narrow it down very much in the world of Argentine television. So yeah, but the, the thing is, like, be, being the host of Intratables is kind of like a thankless job. <laughs> like, what the fuck do you do as a host of a of a show like that? You stand there occasionally. From what I can gather, <laughs> in like the two minutes of these things that I watch each year, you stand there occasionally going. Muchachos, muchachos, and trying to calm everybody down. <laughs> Basically, you, you introduce the show when, when it comes back from, from ads, and then you... Re- and you set them all going. Exactly. <laughs> so that was pretty much the job. He had a very, very brief stint also at Edenor for some reason. Okay. Like in the, the state-owned energy uh, company. Yes, one of the two monopolies that we have here in the Exactly. Yeah. I think if I'm mistaken, by the way, I think it's El Trece, which is not yeah, that it's a, much it's El Trece. editorial-wise. Yeah, but then, yeah, it was completely different, but <laughs> in terms of, you know, reach, at least. Yeah, but, uh, but editorially... I mean, <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't... I mean, he wasn't on the news of El Trece, right? But anyway. Yes. Uh, but anyway, he teamed up with some uh, politicians from uh, Pro, actually, which is uh, the... His vice president, he's in fact the mayor of Lanús, Néstor Grindetti, and his second vice president is another TV host, but someone who is more, uh, you know, who some, has some better knowledge of the world of football, someone so like Juan Marconi. What, what I'm so, hearing from you so far, to encapsulate this, yeah. is the Independiente have gone from a club who are run by a man of the people, a union man, mm-hmm. a workers' man, to a club run by... The liberal media elite. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, it's kind of a big I mean, global conspiracy. Calling Moshano someone who has been notorious for not paying his employees yeah, I was being very for months on end, as a man of the people, like is you know a very, very, very big reach. Or indeed, a proud union man. Really, <laughs> when you put it like that. <laughs> to be fair, his union members love him. Yeah. If you've ever spoken to a Cabernero, oh, yeah. just, just not his players. It's Jesus. <laughs> Like. I mean, he's just got them a hundred and thirty-one percent pay rise. Indeed, but uh, didn't get Independiente's players. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, not at all, not at all. But uh, anyway, what I will say uh, to give credit a little bit to to Doman's uh, tenure in its early, early, early days is that at least you can see that he's already started some work. Yeah, started to put some work into into this. The theme of this club, um, for starters... Sorry to interrupt, but so one of the things that we were discussing during the break very briefly was that we're expecting Julio Cesar Falcioni yeah. to agree to a rescission of his contract, right? Because one thing that Dan and I did mention, I think, two weeks ago, because we mm. already knew this much at least, was that uh, Dorman has said that he isn't... That he said two weeks ago when he took charge, and obviously there were still like five games left to go mm. or something that Falcioni was, was the, the boss for now and that he was happy enough with that, but that in the long term he isn't a particular fan of the style of play. I think he put it kind of I as mean, politely as he could while making clear that <laughs> You'll Falcioni be wasn't very hard-pressed to find an independent fan who is a 
who likes his style of play. Never mind the precedent. Substitute Independiente for football there, yeah, and, exactly, yeah. and I think <laughs> you're, you're on safe ground. Which which clubs fans do like Falcioni's style of play? I don't think Banfield's do, and they want them. Well, Bogas probably. Well, no, they but not they, because yeah. somehow he was too dull even for them <laughs> <laughs> when he was there. Uh, the yeah, but at least, I mean, there was this issue that um, since Falcioni was signed for a year when he was, uh, when he was first called upon, sec- more like third, thirdly called upon, mm. was third since. Which, uh, which, as you, I think the microphone was switched off because, again, I think it was half time when you pointed this out to me. So, for our listeners, that's because uh, that's the legal minimum that you can exactly. give to a manager in Argentina. So. You know, nobody ever gives a manager a six-month contract, even though they sack them all after six months, and that's because you've got to give them at least twelve months. Yeah, but at least uh, in, on this occasion, Falcini has uh, commended Doman for um, actually coming to speak to him. Something that uh, right the previous uh, the, the previous administration when Montenegro was Rafi Montenegro was in charge of the football. He uh, Falcini was very very great with him because he didn't, but this time. Uh, the current the the current uh, director of football in the painted the newly appointed director of football, which is former Argentina goalkeeper Paulo Caballero, funnily mm-hmm. enough, okay. who was also who also had the same position at Vélez and who was not exactly the most popular among Vélez supporters back when he held that position. But anyway, he spoke to him. So and, I, uh, he said that Falcioni says that Caballero is a gentleman. <laughs> 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 there you go. Anyway, bravo, 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 bravo. It's perfect. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but not, the, not the, the, that B. No, I'm aware of the B. It's yeah, yeah. with a V rather than a B, slightly annoying me, but it's pronounced the same. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, he spoke to him, uh, which I think it was something that Falcioni was commended Cavaciero for doing, and he gave him the green light for him to seek new uh, managers, to at least speak to them and see whether they would accept. And uh, the main candidates right now, there's um, two or three of them that might be like the main, main, main uh, men who are Marcelo going for the Bielsa, job. <laughs> Mauricio Pochettino. <laughs> and uh, Chacho Kudet was about to get fired at uh, Celta, surely. But he's also surely about to be offered the river job. And yeah, that was a, that was what yeah. I, I mean. Let me, and he's a former Racing manager. Would they, would they get the job for <laughs> I mean, Becasese has been at the Independiente Racing. But yeah. Yeah, but he did awfully at Independiente. And I kind of yeah, feel like yeah. if you do really badly in one of them, that gives you permission. To go to <laughs> I the think I will. Okay, but that I mean, was, was a I raging mean, success. And was being being yeah, I'd be very surprised <laughs> if it was yeah, Being serious, though. Especially since he'd give up his <laughs> European contract. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think. That, that's, that's probably the bigger consideration. I don't think he's even fielding Rivers calls at the moment. No. Scaloni has a job right now, also. Yeah. Being serious, though, uh, as you said before, uh, Ricardo Dareco is one of the candidates, which would be a very, very welcome addition to Independiente, considering the fact that he's also very well well regarded at Independiente for his time as a player. Uh, I was going to ask whether he played there. I know he played for Boca, didn't he? No, but he, he also played in the 90s and he won a lot of titles with Independiente right. in the 90s. Um, uh, the other main main candidate is uh, Gustavo Quinteros, who you might remember as uh, the Ecuador manager back in 2014, yes. uh, and who is right now managing Colo Colo, who are about to win the league uh, in Chile. But uh, the main issue with Gustavo Quinteros is that, that much like Falcioni, Independiente would need to price him out of Colo Colo, who, with whom he has right now a contract. 
and uh, in you know something of a in the third candidate I think stage up which would be more of a, a three pointer for Independiente would be Gabriel Cainze who has a good relationship with Caballero but who I think would be a little bit too chaotic for Independiente right now they need someone with a little bit more of a Karma demeanor, yeah. I would say. I was say, Hainse, a big five club, could be a lot of fun. But yeah. Hainse Independiente feels like it could be a little bit too much fun. <laughs> yeah, pretty for, much. I mean, for the club in question. Stylistically, he would fit. Stylistically, he would fit. But given the fact that he is so easy to clash with the press and to clash yeah. with, the, with the directors of football and to clash with the players. And now the press are in charge at Independiente. So if he clashes with the press, he's clashing with Independiente. <laughs> Get your head around that. I mean, to call TV host press for starters is a little bit of a reach. But anyway. Um, so yeah, at least you can see that there's some work being carried out. Uh, there's also some talks to renew some important contracts in Independiente. The likes of Alan Soñora and Leandro Fernandez, who are actually ex uh, who have their contracts expiring this year and who I think are very, very important to this team. Some of the few uh, shining lights the current squad has right now, who I think would be crucial for them to, to renew. Apparently, they want to renew. Uh -huh. So, uh, that's a good sign. And uh, there will be a lot of players who will leave the club once their contracts expire, uh, which will also give an opportunity for Caballero and for the manager that eventually comes to the event to build their own team, their own squad. We have to see, if, I mean, it's still, we'll still have to see what kind of squad they will be able to build because in the end they still have, I think, uh, another transfer ban. They still have to pay like a million and a half dollars uh, to be able to sign players in the first place. And considering the quality of players that they've been signing in the last three years. They need to spend $10 million. <laughs> yeah. To get a similar output. Let's see, I mean... At the very least, it seems like in the brain, even if it might be right, it might be wrong, but they at least have it something of a direction, which is something that I wouldn't be able to say a year or two ago. So let's see how it pans out. Well, thanks for that, Santi. Shall we move on to list of questions? Let's. Uh, the first is, it's not really a question, but it's a tweet that we got... Three days ago, from Lawrence Hart, he says, please could you give this a plug on the podcast? It's something that a friend in Kent has organised. So the answer to that question, Lawrence, if made it for the question mark in it, uh, is yes, I can. And uh, the tweet is from a Twitter account called Medway Sport, and it says, today, sent on the 16th of October, is the 115-year anniversary of the death of Isaac Newell. Oh. Now particularly good that they've gone for that one for it that way round rather than the 115th birthday because as all of us know after living in Argentina the whole time you don't celebrate famous people when they're born because they weren't famous when they were born of course not. you celebrate the anniversary of their death um, <laughs> in Argentina and I don't know whether Medway Sport are aware of this or not but as it happens they've done the correct thing uh, even though Isaac Newell of course was not Argentine he was an inspiration for football in Argentina who was born in Medway which is in Kent, for those of you who aren't aware, in the southeast of England. Um, Medway Sports say, our, our new free exhibition, Isaac Newell, More Than a Name, opens on Tuesday, the 8th of November, at the Guildhall Museum. Come and find out more. Visit, hashtag visit Medway. Uh, 
I don't know where the Guildhall Museum is. They've not mentioned that. I'm assuming it's somewhere in Kent. I assume that people who live in and nearby Kent will be aware. Uh, go for it. Please, go along. Sounds brilliant. I'm going to retweet it as well from my Twitter account. So, you know, that's a nice little bonus for them. Um, well, it probably isn't really. It doesn't make much difference. But anyway, uh, go to that if you're listening. Tony has tagged us into a photograph of somebody wearing a t-shirt with the hand of God printed on it, which is quite confusing. Uh, but the person has... I don't know who this is. But the tweet says, hand of pod, and then he's added a completely different podcast that's got nothing to do with us. <laughs> so, I don't really know what's going on there. See? But, uh, anyway. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly an idea for a t-shirt. Empanada uh, Liberation Front says... Oh, okay. The most predictable... I, I'm sorry, this isn't judgment, by the way, but we all know that this was the most predictable question of the week. Gashaldo is gone. What now for River? I mean, everybody's been asking it for the last eight years anyway. <laughs> <laughs> is gone. Of course somebody's asking it, and it's justified for the first time. Um, what now for River? It's the end of the world. They have to sign, it's hire someone else. The end of the world, you say, Andres. Uh, all of the ways... Uh, as, uh, Looks like it will be uh, Martina Michel is still is there is time to, to decide it but it's the one who has the more consensus at the uh, between the the, the the ones who take the decisions yeah uh, and because of the work he has been doing at the of course not at the first division team but at the uh, more with the minor divisions with Bayern Munich too. The, the thing is, right, that when you all said this earlier that he's, he's been sort of bringing young players through, I, I did think it's not necessarily the worst blooding for a first-team job in Argentina because he's going to have a hell of a lot of kids to choose, yes. especially at Rivers Academy. I mean, some of them are going to be really good in a few years' time. It's a different level of pressure, though, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's a completely well. different yeah, fish. Of course. Yeah. I mean, how bad can you do but with, with Bayern's youth team? Having... Yeah pointed out earlier that when Gachardo took charge three years at a moderately successful club was enough to get you compared with Alex Ferguson in this country mm-hmm. as the supporter of a club who nine years ago said goodbye to Alex Ferguson what I will say is in the immediate future the only way is down for River yes. but they're also in a situation where they're in a far better place to uh, weather the potentially not all that big storm that's coming than Manchester United were because they don't have a whole load of other teams who are you know, right on their game, are owned by ridiculously rich owners, are able to plough loads of money into the transfer market and do it very efficiently, far more efficiently than Man United's owners ever mm. bloody have, even with Ferguson, um, and all the rest of it. Like River are unlikely to get as left behind as Liverpool did when the Premier League came in, as United did after Ferguson retired. No. Uh, in quite the same way. It might well, you know, there's going to be a drop-off, but it's yeah. entirely conceivable that if they get it right, then that drop-off lasts for six months, a year, rather than a decade. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, looking at Argentine football, uh, the only teams right now in a position to, you know, consistently challenge River and, and be at the top are Boca and arguably Racing. Yeah. The rest are a long way back. I mean, you might have a surprise title challenger every year, but yeah. they never exactly. quite do enough yeah. to... No, that's the thing. Nobody's going to put themselves look, out there and then stay there nah. year after year. You look at Boca and you, you can tell that there is nothing. You, you, you don't have to do a lot of things to become champion. Mm. Uh, and just score one more goal than the rival. But uh, in, in the case of River, uh, perhaps the, the, 
the idea of of bringing the Michelis, who had publicly said that once, of course, he didn't say just right away uh, after Gachardo resigns, but he, one of his dreams, like a lot of people say that they, they have dreams, my dream is to someone, someday to be the manager of River, is that he, he's prepared, he, of course, is working in Europe, which not all the times means that they will triumph uh, in Argentina, mm-hmm. but the other, the other candidates that doesn't have the, I mean the the whole full package in terms of the, uh, the, 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 in the to be decided in the club to go for them, uh, except for for example Pablo Aymar, who at this point is in the in the uh, staff of, with the Scaloni at the at the national yeah. team, and he doesn't like to be in the center of the of the of the of the staff. He I likes mean. being a yes. He would like to be like he's right now with right. the second. Secondary uh, charge, perhaps or position. Then it was Hernan Crespo. Then it was uh, 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 also Caudet. Uh, um, Ricardo Gareca was in the list. Well, so, uh, 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 Bielsa also mentioned a couple. Yes, of Bielsa times. was a dream from. That would be so fun. But well, yeah, but also Bielsa will never manage. That would be brilliant. Yeah, but also like Bielsa will never manage a big club either. I mean, that's yes. not the kind of job no. he takes ever. No. So. They, they, even when they approach the, 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 the club in, itself at River, uh, they, they will try to keep things that Gallardo has been working with. For example, the neurosciences department. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, there was uh, this neuroscientist, Sandra Rossi, but now there will be a department dedicated for to that, and right. he will be the, she will be the head of that. And that's the other thing, because the, the, I think it's, it's worth reminding people, right, although we all know, that the presidency and the directors and stuff who are there at the moment are very much the continuation of Donofrio, even though mm-hmm. Donofrio is not the president anymore. And clearly, the club is being still run from the very top. The institution is still being run by the same people who are still trying to keep the yes. same structures in place. And there's this overarching, you know, everything that Manchester United didn't have when <laughs> Alex Ferguson retired, isn't that what I'm trying to say? Um, All I'll say is, so from that point it's very easy is, as long as you keep winning. Exactly, yeah. It, yeah. You know, yes. every single system, structure, process is a piece of piss to maintain as long as you keep winning and getting results. And the flip side. If you don't, uh, that's when things start. To fall and the flip off. side of the, of, of the relative lack of economic power and the relative lack of any kind of stability in the league, whereas Manchester United were up against mm. the, the opposite, the flip side of that for River is you've, not got, any, you've not got any economic power. There is no stability in the league. Any team at the beginning of next year, you know, Banfield could suddenly mount a central Cordoba if they win the first few matches could suddenly be talking about title challenges, and all of a sudden you've got a whole other wild card to play with, and it's going to be a different wild card each season. Which is one of the reasons we love Argentine football, mm-hmm. to be very clear. Here is the, um, the but fix. it does for, for River and Boca in particular, and for the rest of the Big Five to a slightly lesser extent. It, it does make it very difficult and it makes it that kind of it's a gamble it's a gamble that if you think sensibly about it you, you should get right more often than not but you're an Argentine football director so there's quite a high chance you're not going to be thinking entirely sensibly about it Definitely. and then you're going to fuck it up at some with all the difficulties and, and the, all the handicap um, the idea is to keep things which work uh, not to fix where it's not broken and to keep if, if we were successful with this with some uh, with areas well to 
keep them or uh, and improve them. Uh, of course, the head of that project, which is Gachardo, who is Gachardo, won't be anymore there, but well, uh, try to change the less possible things. And well, in regarding the coach, I think that well, the one who all the ways uh, go to perhaps Martin Michelis. The other candidates were, I think, were are still in race. I mean, uh, unless Caudet, uh, if Caudet wants to come here and and, and uh, stop earning a lot of money, well, uh, that would be a, ch a chance also. Uh, I think that perhaps Crespo is at, is at Quatar, it's quite uh, far from Argentina and, and perhaps it's not very connected to what happens at this point here uh, and well, things like that. Uh, the other candidates have not the same perhaps consensus as, as the Michelis has. Yeah. Uh while Andres was talking, I remember that I had a question by email um, a few hours ago. So I'm going to read that one out now and interrupt the Twitter sequence. It's not really a question. And I'm not sure whether it's intended for the podcast or not. But it's from Lee, who often, you know, I know he listens to every episode, so I might as well read it out now. Uh, the subject line of this email is electronic book. Right. Um, Lee's a little bit older. The rest of us just call them e-books. Uh, and... <laughs> The email simply reads, La saga de los viejos estadios porteños. I'm going right. to put in a quick editorial interjection here. Uh, that translates into English as the saga of old porteño stadiums, mm -hmm. where porteño means the city of Buenos Aires. Um, and Lee says, saw this, Sam, wasn't sure whether you're aware. Uh, the answer to this question, Lee, if it is a question, is no, I was not aware of it. I'm going to... Google it later when I get home and find out what you're talking about. It sounds like something that would be right up our street. Very interesting. Right? Definitely yours, yeah, Sammy. I can certainly see why Lee recommended it, but I thought I'd read it out yeah. because it just popped back into my head and I thought, ah, we've probably got at least one or two listeners if they're reading, uh, if they read Spanish, who might be interested in that as well, if it's Google. I'm imagining like a trip around all of the sites in Buenos Aires where there used to be professional football stadiums and now they're up like Phoenix's Stadium I'll be honest with you Dan Colegiales Chacarita that kind of thing having a bit of familiarity with the sport and football sections of Argentine bookstores I'm imagining something considerably drier than that but I think your idea is much better <laughs> and much more interesting oh we can have to write this book possibly um, anyway back to the Twitter questions Birdie says we've kind of answered these already Demi Chalice in if not then who if yes then do you think that the loss of the Gachardo pull and uh, and Demi Chalice's own experience as a formative manager will lead to a lot more youth products getting minutes so obviously Demi Chalice in and if not then who the answer to those questions is, I mean we don't know Goldet maybe I think he, he has a lot of uh, I mean if he gets sacked by Santa which looks very very likely that's a sure candidate to get to to get the real job, but the yeah. the, the, the board members like don't like some things about him, the way he 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 talks and it's like something that has to do with the profile. I mean, Gasol is not all that different. Yes. No, to Colette in that yeah. sense. And the, the, the that's much funnier as well. Yeah, Colette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my girlfriend would be delighted if he started working in Argentina. Colette has the same amount of Argentine league titles as Gasol, one each, as mm -hmm. my, as a coach. My, my girlfriend's something bizarrely finds him very attractive as well. I, I think he's quite an attractive man. He's got that cheeky... She doesn't, I mean, know, what cheeky she doesn't know what his name is, but every time it, yeah. when he was managing Racing, uh, every time he came on the screen, she used to call him Sexy Squarehead. Sexy <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's certainly more attractive than Gajardo, yeah, yeah. who's been called a toad for the last six months 
I kind of feel like if there was like a, a men's health, but <laughs> but for hobbits, Chacha <laughs> <laughs> Colette could be like one of the couples <laughs> for a hobbit men's health. Hobbit men's health, dude. Some some of the footballing figures that my girlfriend comments on, I, I do kind of think. Did, Given that she chose me, I'm like, do I take this as a compliment or not? But anyway, um, Birdie, I think the, the best part of this question, then, given that we've already said we don't know whether Debbie Chambers is coming in, we've already said if not him, then we don't know, then, then who? But given that he's, as we've mentioned, has been managing Bayern 2, or Bayern Zwei, as we should call them, uh, for a while, will this lead to a lot more youth products getting minutes if he were to take the river job? I mean, no, not necessarily. I don't think so. Not, not more than or, or it's all going to be predicated on results. Right. If yeah, he gets yeah. better results using older established figures, he's going to use them. If he gets better results with the young guys, he's going to use them. And the thing it's is, all about results. I, I do doubt that so. we're already talking about a club with a really strong tradition and a very strong youth academy. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So. More than Gachardo was giving? I yeah, I do doubt, though, that he will be given the same uh, money to spend than Gachardo was given last year. Definitely not the same so, liberty to pick the players. So. Yeah, all the, mud, the the sheer amount of money. Yeah. They spent a well, big because amount of money that. and they did well. Yeah, so. Gachardo was given that money last year because he'd been in charge for seven years and they've been the most successful. And they had just won the league. And because they brought in like 70 million through yeah. Alvarez and Fernandez. Or whatever. Right now, they're... You know, spending a load of money on this beautiful new stadium mm-hmm. redevelopment. Yeah. Um, which is going to be amazing. I'll, I'll keep repeating Anyway, it. that money has already been right. Yeah. Invested. With, with the, True, yeah, with the sponsorship yes. and everything. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Bob Roberts says, are two teams going down after round 27 or is relegation still being debated? Oh, we've, we've answered both uh, of those already, really. Yes. Yes, at the moment, but also don't be surprised if they cancel that in a week's time and go, oh, actually, no, you know what? They can play in next year's Primera as well. Yeah. Bob also asks, um, how about we pull our money and buy and revive Rock Bottom Aldo City? How much are they worth? Right. So, first of all, Bob is ignoring the um, club model in Argentina, whereby clubs are owned Indeed. by their members. But if we were to imagine that... <laughs> if, if, if I were to buy Aldo City, it'd be to knock it down and Musk, build beachside apartments. If like. Elon Musk tweeted that he was going to buy an Argentine football club... How much do we reckon he'd need to spend on Aldo Simi? I mean, to, to buy them, for I mean, starters, the I think they would need to completely redevelop the stadium, which is a beautiful stadium, but it's also falling apart. Have you not? Oh, you weren't here when we discussed the AFA's plans to redevelop their stadium. Which I mean, isn't their stadium. They do, which isn't their stadium, but the, the Mario Plata one. I mean, are yeah. they actually planning to redevelop it? Supposedly. Yeah. It's going to become the Argentine yeah. national team's home, right? Oh, finally. Santi's your favourite, look. Finally, it's such a nice stadium, but it's yeah. falling apart. It's a beautiful stadium. I've been and to Gansu. Also, the other, the other issue, as we pointed out when we talked about these plans to have the national team playing there all the time, uh, it, you appear to have forgotten about this, but it's in Martin Plata. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. I'm not no, I'm, I'm not delighted on the fact that they want Argentina to play their home games in Martin Plata. I'm just glad that they are finally redeveloping the, the stadium. There we go. Anyway, uh, how much would they be worth? No 50, idea. 50 quid? Maybe 100 with a bit of change for a Cadarusa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not that, that's a few more. Money badly spent. I think, <laughs> I think that Bob is American, so I'll just point out that that's a few more dollars than it was this morning, Bob. Um, yes. Liam Kelly, who is no relation to me, says Independiente don't want Racing to win the title. Well, I mean, as we discussed earlier, that may or may not prove to be true, depending on who's, who you believe. 
River don't want Boca to win it. Mm. Is Sunday that predictable? Nothing's ever predictable here. If it were, then I wouldn't have already blocked out two hours of my Sunday afternoon and told Mm. my girlfriend that she wasn't allowed to interrupt me because I was going to be watching football on two Just two hours? I've got to block out like seven hours to get over Sunday enough. Um, has ne- uh, Liam also says has next year's format been decided is it going to be the same as this year but with four relegations at the yeah. moment it looks almost certainly like that is going to be the case but there's a meeting in the next yeah. few days I think about this right yeah they are um, they're so about to yeah, they're about to you know debate do we, what do we know when the meeting is I'm not sure but apparently there were week. apparently there were three possibilities one of them is for the tournament to keep in the way that it's being played already but there are issues regarding the amount of games that they will be played. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be... They've, so they've decided that two games fewer than the already tiny number of no, games. No, 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 they're going to be the same. Because they're, they're still going to be the same kind of amount of teams yeah. next year. Oh, because two teams are coming up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So one of them, that's one, that's one of, the, of the possibilities. Another one which seems to be the most sensible, of the mo- sensible one of them all, but would also mean that the calendar would be way too clogged, is to play two identical tournaments similar to the one to the Copa de la Liga with relegations determined by, listen to this, league position throughout the year. Of just the group stage. No, 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 no. I'm talking about whole year playing two Copa de la Liga. No, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, by, by an annual just, table. Of just the group stages, though. Not of the knockout stages yeah. as well. No, I think they're not going to stitch us as well because... Uh, Although having said that, I guess if you're finishing low down the group stage, you're not getting to the knockout stage and therefore you're going to be near the relegation. Zone. Exactly. I don't mind that too much. Yeah, that, that would be a, a very decent it, way to play. If he's getting rid of the Prometheus, then... Yeah, uh, oh, absolutely. But the thing is, I don't think this is very likely, first because of the of the calendar issue, but also because, I mean, you know how, this is, how things are here. You know how terrified of getting relegated most... Uh, Argentina chairman are here, so it would make no sense at all for them to just scrap Promedios right away, ripping off that band-aid, I mean, given I, all this history. The awful level we have right now is because of that. Oh well, yeah, exactly. But they are still uh, terrified of the loss of income that would come with relegation. So Then they are, they are team happy because they qualified for the Copa Libertadores, but then you go, go, and go and try to play against teams, especially Brazilian teams. <laughs> and you hey, I'm happy I hey, Copa Libertadores but then you go to play against them and yeah I mean exactly what happened with Racing in 2020 but uh, anyway the third the third possibility is uh, for the first division to have 30 teams once again in which way they would well, not either not next year it's not yeah next year they're definitely only promoting two teams yeah but wait the possibility is whether they cancel relegations um, right, yeah. or so. They play a playoff between Patronato, Aldo Civi and the teams that finish the best in the, in the national, national playoffs, this, this is but the didn't get promoted. This is the main problem, at least in Argentina, uh, and it's a knock-on problem of having a Winter World Cup, mm. because we're finishing the season this, with the Primera season this weekend, so we've got what is it, the last week of October, so then we've got the whole of November, the whole of December, and probably up until the last week of January, at least before next season. So three months before next season starts. Yeah. Basically, they're trying to work out what they can do to stave off their own boredom. 
And they're going, oh, that, that's why relegation's still up in the air, right? Like, if it was a month, it was going to be four <laughs> weeks and everybody had to know what division they were going to be in right away, then they would just be like, yeah, Patronato and LLC are relegated. That's fine. You're in the, you're in the uh, Nacional next season. Goodbye. Ciao. Relegation. Because there are three months, they're like, oh, well, we could squeeze in a couple more. Primera División matches, Liga Profesional matches, and put them on the private television package, and nobody will want to then cancel it over the summer. Anyway, uh, that kind of answers and also doesn't answer Liam's second question. And Liam's third question is, who else is coming up along with Belgrano? And Mendoza and, um, in inverted commas, Estudiantes Clásicos in the playoffs. I mean, I kind of said that we'd review that next week, but very briefly... The results so far have been... Oh, God, where's Sofa score there is? Um, Instituto already in the semis, and now we're in the... The other quarters are between San Martín de Tucumán and Defensor de Belgrano. The aforementioned Mendoza derby between Gimnasia and Independiente de Rivadavia. Yeah. And the Estudiantes derbies between Rio Cuarto and Buenos Aires. Yes. So, so three of those teams go through to meet. Each yeah. other and Instituto in semifinals. Uh, since Liam, obviously, mentioning those already, um, I'm assuming knows this, I, I'm guessing that when he says who else is coming up with Belgrano, he wants us to predict who's yes. going to win the plus. I don't know. I've paid no attention to them whatsoever. Esquete de Buenos Aires is a team which apparently is interested in Ezequiel Sirigliano, the, one, the, play, the former River player who has been in jail recently. Oh, has he? Yes. Why? Oh, yes, Sirigliano, because he was he was stealing from someone, right? Yes, we did. He was caught stealing. <laughs> he entered into, simply, he bra- bra- broke into a house with a, with a gun. Yeah. How um, old is he? He, he uh, must not be even 30. 30. 30. Yeah. He must not be quite that old. And remember that he was caught, when he was caught and he was taking the mugshot, he was wearing a, a boca and a sweatpants. <laughs> yes, yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Liam, we don't know. Sorry. Lawrence Hart says, do you know of any Newell's Old Boys related exhibitions in Kent? Yeah, obviously he tweeted that at me before I read out the uh, the thing about the Newell's Old Boys related exhibition in Kent. So if you're wondering what we're talking about, uh, rewind about 20 minutes. and for 20 minutes? I mean, I don't know. I'm guessing, to be honest. But, you know, rewind a little bit and listen to that recommendation again. Lawrence Hart also says, can Racing rely on Independiente I'm guessing this is an autocorrect. It says two turning up, but I think he probably means not turning up on Sunday. Oh, oh no, he means two turning He means to turn up. Yeah. Can Racing rely on Independiente to turn up on Sunday? And alternatively, can Boca rely on River to turn up? Uh, no and no. We, yeah, we, we've yeah. been through this, the, the various permutations. Crossings. Boca will win one nil. <laughs> uh, bag full of toffee says, San Lorenzo, 13 draws. Is this a season... Of what could have been. I mean, no. on the one hand, when you look at it like that, you'd think, yes, it is. And on the other mm. hand, when you then look at the fact that the club name in the first column of that is San Lorenzo, you yeah. think, yeah, they weren't going to do anything anyway. <laughs> no, you could probably say, you know, quite a few of those draws could have been defeats, so they're probably lucky to be in about the top seven or top eight they finished. Uh, yeah, yeah right. there, there's a bigger chance of most yeah. draws being defeats than yes. there would be wins. So They're eighth. They should be very happy with that campaign because they weren't going to do any better. Yeah, and they could have done a lot worse. By their standards, it's been fantastic. They won nine, lost four. So they've lost the same number as Racing. Mm. And they're definitely going 
to uh, end the season having lost fewer matches than Boca, who, as we've already said, are definitely going to win the league. Yes. So, you know, by three as well. Boca have lost seven games. They just haven't really drawn any at all. Yeah, there was a um, point in which Boca so, were the, the worst defence in the league. Mm. Rem- remember that. Yeah. Uh, Perfect Tommy says, How much money should I bet in Las Vegas that the AFA changes the league format before next season? All of your money. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, I wouldn't say all of your money. Never bet more than you can afford to lose. Half of your money. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if you can afford to lose half of your money, then, then the chance is very much live, I would right. say. Maybe 75% even. Like as well, that's yeah. the thing. Mm. If, if somebody... If it, if it was a hand of pod run, Bookie then the odds would be very, very low on that and I wouldn't recommend betting on it at all. No. Well, except that it would be me running it, so I would recommend you betting on your money. But you know what I mean. Uh, whereas, given that any bookmaker in the English-speaking world is likely to know far less about Argentine football than anybody listening to this podcast, mm. I would say, you know, calculate how much you can afford to lose. Bet that. It's, it's very strange to go into William Hill and say, I want to put 50 quid on, <laughs> on the Argentine, on the Argentine football league system. Changing <laughs> Right. After after next Monday, yeah. because that's when the season finishes. Um, Might be difficult to open a book for that. Indeed, yes. I have one more question. Uh, kind of a technical question. Before, Hang on, um, this is listeners' questions, though. I know, but I Can listen to. I listen. To, I mean, I'm listening to most of what we're saying. <laughs> you have to put up with inviting us. Into I'm not listening to all of what we're saying, but what are they going to do with the trophy on Sunday afternoon? Because uh, there are roughly yeah. forty yeah. blocks between. La Bombonera and El Cilindro, right? I would have It's walking it. distance. It, it's going to be the positioned in the middle of the bridge over the Riachuelo. In the middle of Puente Porredón. Yeah. Ready to shoot off. I think, I think they won't be having a, a trophy handout. Uh, really? they, they haven't been doing that for a few years now. Yeah, they have. When they have... I've never had it given to them on the pitch. When they were I mean, they can do it in 2020 but, but because one game was the, in I think when, when the title is decided on the final day, they don't do it. But they maybe. could do it. I mean, they're so close. I would hire a helicopter and suspend the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> and... Something there the entire match and the fans in both stadiums would be able to... And have it hover yeah. from, you know, fly from stadium to stadium every five minutes. This, this makes Just to even... like... Motivate the team. That makes it even more frustrating that Huracan's challenge didn't go to the last day because that would have been perfect as well. They're no further away. Yeah, it although could they ju- are playing away from home, aren't they? This uh, yeah, they're playing in Tres Rios now. Yeah. It's better. Than that would have been a disaster. Yeah. Just imagine yeah. the helicopter going back and forth from stadium to stadium, depending on. <laughs> you, know, you hear that Racing have like a decent ach- attacking free kick. The just speeds over, tangles <laughs> the trophy. So, somebody wins a corner, and the referee makes them wait until the helicopter's over the stadium. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I think I will be point. very disappointed if this doesn't happen. Yeah. I think the AFA will be missing a trick. Uh, Maybe they have to do it in a in a drone in the shape of a cabify car, just like <laughs> when they when they have the little car yeah, coming into, onto control. the pitch to bring the ball, uh, but with the trophy. I think a drone would be like too easy to take down though. Like you probably I, get I think you probably get some fan like knocking it out of the other <laughs> stone, like grabbing the trophy and saying, "All right, we're champions." Yeah. <laughs> I would, I'd Which would be a good tie break. I would combine <laughs> the two ideas and have the trophy driven to the stadium in the cabify. <laughs> It would take a very long time, but you know, how about you you go just bringing this all together? In the case of a, you know, say yeah. as we discussed, Racing draw, Boca lose, they're leveling points. Instead of a playoff, why not just put this trophy <laughs> in the middle, in the middle of the two stadiums, or in a little raft in the middle of the Riachuelo, 
And the first group of fans to reach it and grab it are champions. Yeah, that's gonna be a bloodbath. <laughs> but you could film it all, and it would be that was just that's the, just the, TV the, gold. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would even support uh, Sam's idea because can you imagine the helicopters trying to catch the little car with the trophy? Like it was like the O.J. Simpson car chase, <laughs> something like that. It would be great. Shall we do the final Mystic Sam of the year? Yes, why not? While Dan and Santi are relieving themselves, I'm going to get on with this because this has been a very long recording indeed. I'm not going to get out of here. So, this weekend, Union versus Central Cordoba. I'm not sure why you would particularly care about that match if you don't support either of those teams. Um, but I think it will be an Union win, just, although they're quite close together at the table. Defensa y Justicia, I think you're going to lose at home to Atletico Tucumán. Estudiantes versus Godoy Cruz is an Estudiantes win. Mm, not a particularly pretty one. San Lorenzo versus Aldo Civi. I'm going to say a draw, because why not? It's a San Lorenzo match. Argentinos versus Beles. Oh, that could be quite good. You know, for a match with not really very much riding on it. I'll go for Argentinos to win. Banfield versus Sarmiento, I think is a draw. Tacheres versus Gimnasia uh, is a Gimnasia win. Racing versus River. I'm going to go for a Racing win. And Boca versus Independiente, I'm going to go for a Boca win. So, Boca to win the title. Patronato versus Huracan, I think will be an Huracan win, not that it matters, but it of course will be played at the same time as the other two matches I just mentioned. Barracas Central versus Newells is, uh, I think is a draw. Rosario Central versus Colón um, is a Central win, I think, given how they've played the last couple of matches. Platense versus Lanús, draw, and Tigre to beat Arsenal. I don't have a bathroom, Sandy, if you wanted to use it. Oh, there's, oh, there's two toilets. <laughs> yeah, Santi's been... Uh, <laughs> just hovering, like, jumping up and down. While, like I, was, uh, while I was reading those out, uh, Santi was just hovering here, and I was wondering what he was doing. <laughs> because I uh, assumed he knew. I thought he got up to follow me, so I didn't worry. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I was. this is the point where I would normally say any matches you're particularly interested in watching this weekend, Jess. But of course, we've been talking about them for the last two hours nearly, so there's no mm. point. San Luis Alonso, no. No, absolutely. And um, yeah, probably not Union versus Central Cordoba, as I already said, which is tomorrow. Oh no, it's not, it's Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock. The good thing is that the time in which the the matches, the, the most interesting matches that will be played, are, are suitable for European. Yeah, so it's the Racing River and Boca Independiente, and of course also Patronato versus Huracan, if you want to watch that. They're all at 5 o'clock Argentine time on Sunday. Uh, which, if you are in the UK, the clocks don't go back until next weekend, do they? So Last Sunday of October? Exactly, yeah, yes. the last, uh, last Saturday night slash Sunday morning of October. Uh, so that is 8pm in the UK, 9pm if you're in mainland Europe. I'm not sure when Daylight Savings Time ends in the United States. That might I be think a it's a week before. I can never remember whether it's a week before or a week after. If you're in the United States, 
then just Google how far ahead Argentina is from your current time. It's zone. one hour as we're talking. Yeah. Maybe it'll be one hour. It or two might hours. be two hours by Sunday. I'm not sure when you put your. You won't on. have anything better to do three o'clock on or four o'clock on the Sunday afternoon. Anyway. No, surely not. It's finish eating lunch and then fall asleep normally, isn't it? For well, for most of you people who get up at sensible times, I'm <laughs> not falling asleep, so I'm only going to wake a couple of hours. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I think that's it. I apologise for the very very long episode we just recorded. But there are four of us for the first time in ages. And there was a lot uh, There was a lot to review. And there was also a lot to preview with the last weekend coming up as well. So we hope you've enjoyed listening to it. Thank you and goodbye from English Dan. Goodbye. From Andres. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you and goodbye from Santi. See you around, guys. And thank you and goodbye from me. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>